Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is aspiring member of the Dirtbag Left, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. I was trying to think of a like a comeback that was sort of in theme, but like it would have to yeah. just be like a slur or something, so I couldn't. I had to just not. You just had, yeah. Okay, well, give us a uh, fifty grand a month in Patreon, and maybe we'll start talking. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry. Z A C Mabry. Email us, podcast at romancircusblog.com. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash romancircuspod. Uh, you can find us and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you get a chance. We're also on most of the other podcast platforms. All right, Zach, what's in the news? What do you got? I know there's a lot of stuff well, banging around that brain of yours. So I updated my MacBook to... Uh... Catalonia, or I think that's what it's called. Um, are you are you an Apple person? Do you have any Apple devices? Yeah. Do you have any Apple devices? I had I had one of the original video iPods, the one like the first one where they came out, and they're like, you can watch videos. I'm like, oh man, this is amazing. Right. That's the one I have. And that's it. Okay. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, I had like the, the the iPod iPod that had like the round click wheel, you know? Oh yeah. Is that what it had? Yeah, that's what So yeah, yeah the, what I like have. I remember yeah. watching a movie on that. Like and it, the screen is like the size of like an a, a driver's license, maybe. Yeah, po- uh, um, no, it's the size of like a postage stamp. It's it's very and, small. Like on a tr- on a family trip, I watched the the movie Rat Race with Cuba Gooding Jr. like on that device. Oh yeah, it really. Do you know it that really one? did change the? Yeah, Rat Race is amazing. It's a great movie, and the video iPod really changed the game when it came to travel or doing cardio at the gym. It really, it really upped it. Never, never again. I, mean, I, I want to say that was the family. only time I. Oh yeah. Well, um, that was the yeah, the only reason you talk to family. Everyone knows this is so that you can go on Twitter and talk about how racist your family is. <laughs> fair, I think that's what everyone enough. does. Over oh, like, we, with the holidays coming up, you're about to find out how everybody that you know has super racist family members who they never challenge or correct. They just record their. They just listen to them and then they go blast them on the internet. White yeah. people be like, yeah, no, that's. <laughs> yeah, that is true. We're getting back into the think pieces of how to talk to your Trump voting uncle at Thanksgiving, right? Right, which is always like they don't talk to them. They literally just go blast them on Twitter. And I, I feel like somebody last year was mm-hmm. like, could um, could those of y'all with problematic family members, this was like coming from like, you know, progressive leftists. They're like, could you maybe talk to them? Like if they're in your family, like could you straighten them out, please? <laughs> and I was like... I would take that stance if I was one of them. Like, I'd be like, you deal with your family members. Like, stop asking me for sympathy and go talk to your family. Um, but obviously, Zach, not you can't change the hearts left. and minds of people unless you talk to them. <laughs> and this sounds like you could pretty much change the hearts and minds of most people by like, like one sort of emotionally charged television series. 
Like, I think one season of Glee kind of sold a whole generation on, like, gender theory. So, <laughs> probably don't. <laughs> you can change hearts and minds. <laughs> that is true. Oh, man. The way they sang Don't Stop Believin'. Ooh. Man. No, it is good. There's certain songs that, like, the Glee version is better than the real version. Um, mm. Those like, songs don't like Don't Stop Believing. Don't Stop Believing. Um, Valerie by Amy Winehouse. Ooh, I'm, um, I don't know, but I'll have to dispute you on that. That we don't get into arguments about stuff here. We like to we like to do an hour of us agreeing on everything. But th- this is one where I have to step in and say I'm not sure about that. That's fair. Firework by Katy Perry. I think okay. the version's better. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, they they have the uh, advantage of harmonization, Zach. That's really what Glee has the advantage of. You know, they're all harmonizing um, yeah. with each other. I mean, you know, that's actually, that used to be one of my old things I would do. Like when a song would play, mm-hmm. I would just start like <laughs> belting it out to like the wrong notes. Of course. And then when people would no, look at me, I'd be like, notes. no, I'm harmonizing. Exactly, exactly. And I'd be like, no. Right, but it would be like, and then the funny thing is, is I had one friend, um, kind of a terrible person, but very good at like hearing uh, <laughs> harmonies. And every so often I would like accidentally end up like singing in a way that was in harmony with the music. Like I was trying to sing it wrong. And yeah. it was funny because like, I think that would always make him like more mad. He's like, now you're actually singing in harmony. And so, um, but yeah, you know, some people are just hard to please Zach. You can't, you can't please anybody all the time, and you also can't please uh, some people some of the time. Right, and like I don't even know that I want to. A lot of people get really riled up, and it's it's pretty enjoyable if you're I have normal. A, yeah, I, I have a question. Is that person you said is kind of a bad person, were they an okay person until they called you out on your singing? Was that enough to drive you know th- up the wall? No, I don't think this person was ever an okay person. Fair enough. I mean, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll pray for this person. You know, I mean, college, you meet a lot of people, okay? And some of them, you just wonder, you're like, do, do these people have souls? Um, but this person did have a very good singing voice, and they can, I mean, you could literally play the mini song, and they would just be able to instantly, like, jump into harmonies, and you're just like, whoa. So when, I, when you needed that skill, you always called, you know, this person. Okay. But if you needed a friend that you could rely on, <laughs> you probably shouldn't. <laughs> Sorry. Amazing. Um, I, I, anyway. I think it's probably safe to say that this person does not listen to the podcast, so. Oh, I have no idea. Maybe. I assume not. I mean, we, we know everyone who listens to it. That's true. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. I, I'll, I need to be serious. Um, so it's not Catalonia. It's not the new MacBook software. It's Catalina. Mm, okay. Okay. I yeah, think Catalonia things. is something totally different. Um, anyway, so I upgraded to that. And one cool thing you can do with that is you can make your iPad a extended monitor. Wirelessly. Make your iPad an extended monitor. So, like, like I've got my s- MacBook. Yes. And I can have it to where that my iPad's, like, a second monitor, so I can, like, drag Windows over onto it. Ah. Okay. Okay. I like it. Hey, does it, does uh, it make you more efficient? Does it make you... 
What what are some yeah, of the emotions? Yeah, well, so like, well, you know, like as a as a, an accountant, okay, so I'm doing accounting, which is like accounting work, okay, and a lot of times you have a source document, and then you have your the form that you're completing, and so yeah, it helps to be able to like I'm usually looking at one thing where I'm where information is coming from, and then there's a place where it's going, and so that's why normally at home I just have my other monitors, and if I'm somewhere, if I'm if I only have my laptop, I usually have to have like a notepad in front of me. Um, and I'll have to like write down, you know, the number, and then switch windows and put it in the next place, and then switch back. You know, like I'm I'm basically just writing things down just so I can remember the numbers going from one screen to the other. Whereas, you know, when you've got them next to each other, you can just. I'm sorry, pow, I fell, you know, I, I I fell asleep after you said, yeah, "I'm an accountant and I do accounting work," that's or whatever. Fair. That's fair. I like the pal though. That woke me up. Well, it was the reference so, to the. Um, Catal- is it what? What was it in Step Brothers? Catalina wine mixer. The Catalina wine wine mis- mixer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Line mix the Catalina <laughs> line mister. Line mister. Um, stairmaster. The Catalina stairmaster. Um, <laughs> so yeah, all the all the Apple devices are updated. But if you're you know if you're like Matt and you're broke and you don't have Apple stuff, none of this matters to you. But um, Apple TV I- has. I'll have you know I just deposited quite a bit of money into my bank account this morning. Ooh. Yeah. Like, we went to Starbucks to get our coffee. Matt went to the bank and said, get these dollars off me. Yeah, exactly. I said, I can't, I just can't handle having all this cash. Please, just take it. Yeah, so I, I feel and like, well, uh, the good thing is I'm getting a sweet, sweet return of like 17 cents a year on it too. So, well, that's usury. So, we will uh, think fondly of you from heaven. <laughs> okay, I'll still be alive. Um, what were you going to say? Um, okay, so yeah, updated those things. Um, Apple TV. So, like the the streaming wars. Have we we never touched on the streaming wars yet, have we? The streaming wars, like Netflix and streaming. Hulu and WWE Network. Yeah, so, well, so, well, that's a whole other thing. Everyone's canceling WWE. Um, Are they? I don't know why. I, I Yeah, I chased it on Twitter, and I, I just got bored before I could figure out what they did. So, um, but oh, it was a, trending, they had a like, canceled. really, really rough pay-per-view on Sunday night, Zach. They had a rough what Friday night. They had a rough Friday night SmackDown. They had a rough... Sunday. Like when people tell me they watched a rough pay per view on the weekends, like I'm yeah. very concerned. So like, okay, <laughs> no, it was a rough wrestling pay per view. Didn't have a good ending. And then Monday Night Raw this week was awful. A friend of the show and fellow wrestling enthusiast, Father Dan, and I were texting about it. So there you go. That's your wrestling update for the week. Continue. Love it. Um, so. Yeah, so the streaming wars. Um, okay, so you know you had Netflix at first, and it was originally just you know kind of an add-on to their DVD service, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and then Hulu comes out, and it was basically just like after shows aired, you could go to Hulu and watch them again, you know. And then it you know became more right. of a subscription thing, and yeah, and then everyone started making their own content. So you know, Netflix all of a sudden rolls out like. Um, 
House of Cards uh, with not friend of the podcast, Kevin Spacey, um, and <laughs> what Orange is the New Black. I'm trying to remember what the other, like, or the, like, OG Netflix originals were. Yeah, I think those were probably the two that made everyone freak out, right? Well, then they yeah, started, I mean, then it, they started getting into the Marvel stuff too. Right. So, really? Actually, I didn't know that about Marvel. That like some of the Marvel stuff was direct to Netflix. Yeah. So Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and the Defenders were all uh, Netflix exclusive. Oh wow! Well, um. So, what was I about this? Netflix. So that happens. Okay, Hulu eventually rolls around. They have like that transparent show that I, I never watched. It had the Desperate Housewives lady in it. Um, Jeffrey Tambor then, was in it too, right? Oh, Jeff, wasn't that? I don't know. No, no, no. I'm thinking I, about someone. Anyway, maybe I'm thinking about someone and then else. I think their big blockbuster has been uh, the. What is it that all the hysterical women dress up as because of Mike Pence? Um, oh, the, uh, Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, that's a Hulu property, right? That is, yeah. Yeah, so they have that. And then Amazon Prime started doing their own. Maybe they're the ones that did Transparent. I don't Anyway, That sounds right. All these that streaming right. services, first they were there, and then they started putting out their own content. And then everything gets jumbled because all of a sudden HBO is like, well, wait, we're, why can't we just be like that? So now you can get HBO by itself and it's like a high quality version of Netflix. Um, and obviously people signed up for that to watch, um, medieval grindhouse thriller, uh, um, the game of Thrones. <laughs> and so this whole thing happens, right? And then some people even thought that perhaps the, uh, the whole Me Too thing was actually because of the streaming wars. Did you hear about this? You heard uh, about that, no. Matt? Did you hear about this? No, I did not no. hear about so, this. I guess the people that got taken out early on in the Me Too movement, like Harvey Weinstein, um, Kevin Spacey, etc., were people heavily involved in streaming. So the idea was that the networks did it. Like, they were the ones that started. Like, it was basically the networks and the streaming services, like, dropping dimes on each other was what really set off the me too movement oh wow wow no idea if that's true but totally worth googling for a few hours um we've never so, concerned ourselves outside of the catholic faith with anything that's true on this podcast so no yeah i mean the whole world is so crazy that there's no reason to like be opposed to like most secular conspiracy theories because <laughs> reality is is like a worse one so um <laughs> yeah i agree I agree too because I said it. Um, so Apple is now launching Apple TV Plus, and they have their own original content coming out. So it's just a whole thing. Oh, and Disney is launching its streaming service, and it's pulled all yeah. of its stuff off of Netflix. Right. So the problem is, is that like I don't think people want to be spending you know seventy dollars a month, but like ten dollars a time at a time for all these streaming services. Well, this is, this is kind of the problem is we, for years we've, people have complained about being locked into bundle packages on TV that they are paying for a bunch of sh like uh, shows and stations that they don't want. Right. And now we're starting right. to get this option where we can 
subscribe to all these streaming services and now people are on the other end they're just talking about how many streaming services there is right no i assume in the future people are going to be like yeah it was really weird in the past like basically you would turn on your tv and like you would just have to watch whatever was on like there'd be something (laughs) playing and you would just have to go to it Mm -hmm. um because you know everything will be like on demand streaming the other weird thing too is that like so netflix their whole thing was dropping the seasons all at once and then people would like you know binge all night at their leisure watch every episode yeah well most of the people they would just do it immediately and there was like no protocol for like when you can start doing spoilers um and so i I guess disney apparently what have i have i said on the show before how i struggle with binge watching because i forget completely what happened so like between Stranger Things 1 and Stranger Things 2, I completely forgot what happened in Stranger Things 1. So then when 2 came back, it took me like at least an episode to kind of remember what was going on. Or if I if or I would make make very good use of those previously on things and then I would watch it and be like, "Oh yeah, this is a thing. This is a thing." It's just I would take in the show way too fast and I would have no time to properly digest it. Right. Yeah, I mean, you have to really worry about digestion in this, this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I need and, to take some Netflix yeah, a lot of times, probiotic or something. Yes, yeah, Netflix pro, Netflix enzymes. Um, yeah. And you, I mean, yeah, like I've had to do that. Like whenever a show that I've binged, like The Crown or something comes on, I have to like re-binge season one and then watch season two. Right, um, totally. So, which is such a, a, a responsible adult grown-up behavior to watch um, a binge through it twice right um so that's how ha- so this whole thing's happening and apple's really kind of thrown down the gauntlet with this new apple tv plus they're doing their own shows now it's five dollars a month i'm not cast in any of them did you get cast in any of them uh not i mean not unless my agent forgot to tell me which has happened before right, so it, so it's it's hard to say that they're taking this seriously, okay? They, they called literally neither of us. Um, but <laughs> with that happening, they're launching this also. They have this Apple Channels thing where you can, from your Apple TV, do a standalone subscription to HBO, to CBS, to Stars, you know. Um, so basically, we're in this whole big, you know, flux of what's, what's going to happen. And then you have all the uh, over-the-top, streaming services which are like cable but it's all from the internet cable, so i have the one that used to be direct tv now okay yeah like i had direct tv now which is you know oh, basically yeah, yeah. like right, direct right, right. tv except sure. i don't have any i don't have a box or anything like that it all just goes through the internet mm-hmm. into my apple tv or my right. phone or you know if i had an amazon stick or whatever um that's now called atn tv tv um, excuse me AT&T TV now. Okay. Right, I said they should have just called it AT&T TV, right? Like, this was their chance to... But yeah, so because AT&T owned DirecTV, they've now created it. They just call it AT&T TV now, which mm-hmm. is a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Um, they also it's also an earful. Me, yes, isn't it? Um so, you know, and then with that, you can also from there subscribe to 
add-ons like HBO and so so there's this whole big flux and so being kind of the you know nerd that I am I, I'm I'm interested to see how this all pans out I used to try to know like what's the minimum number of streaming things I have to have so that I can pretty much watch like anything that matters and it's mm-hmm. getting uh it's getting so split out that like there's just no way to do that so what you do is like you know, when the crown comes out, you get Netflix, you watch it, and then you cancel Netflix. And then when the right, next that, season, I think of, the Helmix have talked about this before, right? Anyway, and so I also assume there's going to be some kind of crash because like Netflix revenue model is just a complete mess. Like they just basically burn cash. Like not well, they can't. It's an the un, unsatiable thing, right? You can never fully ex- like complete Netflix. They have to continue to add. They can never stop adding. Right. And so, I mean, yeah, like if you look at the way that they just burn up cash and the other thing is that they, you know, they turn these projects into assets instead of calling them expenses, which is basically to say that like they've spent the cash, but they're showing it that they still have the value because they have this, you know, really popular movie or TV show. Um, The problem is, is that everybody's already seen it. So like how much value are they going to be able to squeeze out of it, you know, in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, you know who knows. So, you know, it's not like it's not like the really fun year with. Uh, has it already been two years since like Movie Pass was a thing? Oh, that was amazing. Movie Pass. That yeah, it was. I think late twenty seventeen. Yeah, that was when it was at its apex. Yeah, and I, mean, I, and that I had was a friend. Like it was like a group of people got together and said, "Let's just get as much investor cash as we possibly can and just burn it." Yeah, I I had a friend, a friend who who would just go to the movies, buy a ticket so he could get the rewards points from AMC or whatever it was, and not even go into the movie because he didn't pay for it. So he would just pass by one on his way home from work. So basically, he was telling me about this intricate system where he could go to a movie for free and get rewards points from the movie theater which would allow him to get free popcorn and soda and other movies it was just this what layer yeah so there were this this is so the an arbitrageur had yeah i'd never heard of that yeah no he was he was a interesting character he he was unlike anyone i've ever known very nice like he was always on my side which was always good but uh Oh, that's he, good. He would always just tell me, and then he would go and, I mean, he would see three movies a day sometimes on his day off. It was just this, yeah, he really worked it. Yeah, it sounds like it, and more, more power to him. I always say, you know, we have to pay for our own health care in America, so anything that you do to get cash, I, I'm in favor, as long as it's legal and not a sin. <laughs> um, so... I mean, I think a lot of people. So I never had Movie Pass, but my I, I'm totally missed out. But like, I guess you basically you you would get your card and you would just pay with it like it was a debit card, basically. At the movies, yeah, something like that. And so you'd pay your like ten dollar a month fee or a hundred dollars a year from Costco, and then you would go swipe this card at, at you know AMC or wherever, and you'd get your movie ticket. And you know, you probably think that there's something happening behind the scenes like okay they reads your card and that links it to your movie pass account and there's some kind of complex thing that says that you know if, if x number of movie pass people go to this movie then movie pass pays x, you know no literally when you swiped your card 
the movie theater got the cash from mm-hmm. MoviePass. So, like, every time your your friend swiped that card, the national average movie ticket price is $9. So, like, that movie theater got $9 every time he did that. And there was never any, like, any wizardry or anything going on behind the scenes to try to mitigate that. That, like, if anybody used their MoviePass more than once a month, MoviePass was losing a ton of money. And the idea right. was in the long run, they were going to, like, work out arrangements where the theaters would cut them a discount or, you know, certain movies that were promoting, like, the the studios would, uh, you know, cut them a rate to try to get MoviePass people to attend it, and never happened. Literally, they were paying retail for the tickets, and then... So you basically just had a debit card that you got that you only had to pay $10 a month for and you could swipe it as many times as you wanted and the other person got this full amount of money they were going to get. Yeah, did they did they think people would get too lazy and not end up going to the movies? Because we like to think that in theory, but also if it's free movies, they would do it. I, so I think they thought a couple things. I, I'm sure they thought that there were people that, you know, they probably looked at data that told them most people only see one movie a month or less or something. Um, and then yep, that's because they, they had to pay thought, for okay, them. Well, Sorry, right. continue. Well, no, right. They're changing a significant factor on that. Like, the, I don't know why they would assume people would, would behave the same way with regards to, you know, a service. If that service is no longer costing them money. Um, but I think the other thing they were expecting is that they'd have this huge customer base of like we're the you know movie pass customers and they're all paying into it and it would be they would suddenly have this sort of clout with the again with the theaters with the studios to where they would get discounted rates to where it worked out to you know they would get all their money coming in from the movie pass members and then based on what what movies were seen, what theater chains were went to, that would get doled out proportionally. Um, and that their customer base would be large enough that the, everybody else on the other side would want in so that they could have access to, you know, a piece of the pie. They just never got around to doing that. So that they were just paying them the full amount to hopefully eventually go back and, and pay them less once they said, well, if you want to lose all of MoviePass, you know, our million bajillion customers, then don't work with us. But otherwise kind of i mean spotify sort of works like that like you pay your ten dollars a month for spotify and there's this giant calculation of you know what songs get streamed how many times and spotify has you know x number of dollars set aside to pay the content producers and it it all kind of gets doled out proportionally um which is i guess we don't have time to get into it but it's one reason that everyone's doing like vegas residencies and greatest hits albums because there's not really a huge incentive to do new music now Sure, um, but the uh, I think they eventually wanted that revenue model, but they actually just never did it. I mean, they, they just I don't know if they were lazy or if they couldn't strike a deal, but it it just became a thing where they were like, we're just going to. Um, well, they were getting have you know a ton of money of of in uh, investors, right? So they right. they were just getting well, these investors huge are some of, of the dumbest people on the planet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people that invest in tech startups and things like this are some of the dumbest people. I mean, you could tell them anything. Like, you're like, we're going to invent a, a 3D printer that makes hamburgers. And they'd be like, oh, here's my millions and millions of dollars. Like, the dumbest people you could meet. 
And <laughs> so they just all bought into it. And it was literally, whether they knew it or not, it, the, the whole scheme was like, we're going to just take as much cash as we can get from investors and just light it all on fire. And like, that's it. And it was a great deal for the customers. So that was what was, that was what I was like. Well, you know, it was even a fine. The, uh, it was even a fine deal for the movie theaters. They really didn't lose much. Right? Yeah, it didn't. The, it only impacted them towards the end when they started like changing the rules and people would show up all cranky that they couldn't use their card anymore. But even then, yeah, it didn't really harm the movie theaters at all. And. Um, you know, how often does, like, a scheme like that actually work in, in favor of, you know, the little guy, right? Right. So, like, I thought it was cool just for that reason, you know? Like, normally oh, these sure. scams are like, well, Wells Fargo did a scam and they, you know, bankrupted every poor person in town. Um, but, you know, this one was like, <laughs> these startup nerds created this company and then a whole bunch of people got to see free movies. Yeah, I mean, it it really worked out for the benefit of the people. Right. Yeah. And we're about the people on this podcast. We so are. So that's a roundabout way to say that in the news is updates with technology uh, with regards to Apple and that part of the big change in Apple is unveiling their streaming services. So, like, you know, when I updated my Mac, now I have on here a native Apple TV app that, like, wants me to subscribe to their service. And... So I'm interested to see what happens to Netflix because they're in the kind of worst position. Um, Netflix, they don't sell devices. They don't have a pay-per-view purchasing model like Amazon or or iTunes. Right. Um, and they don't have like a cable arrangement like Hulu where you can use Hulu to watch live sports. So like I don't know what Netflix is going to do um, unless their staying power is just their Netflix. So... Um, and some cool movies are coming up on Netflix, as you know. Um, so hopefully Netflix can... Uh, what? Oh, okay. Well, hopefully. So hope, hopefully Netflix can uh, continue to turn a profit and pay content producers uh, for the foreseeable future. Well, they, they can turn a profit by just halting production just slightly, maybe? I don't know. I don't know the I think that's the idea. Sense. It's just... Oh, right. Um, so, okay, that's the streaming update. The other thing happening in the news is, it, did you know that there's an an Amazon Synod going on, Matthew? I've, I've kind of heard of something about that. All I know is this, Zach, in the year 2019, the year of our Lord 2019, this Amazon Synod, this is going to be the thing that either reverts us back to pre-Vatican II or it's going to destroy the church forever, unrepairably. It really is. It's going to be, it's going to be quite the thing, Zach. Yeah. So, like, earlier this year when, um, when Notre Dame Paris burned down, you Brought could you go online and figure out which... Right. You could go online and figure out which one of your friends... Um, have been to Notre Dame because they all posted pictures. Mm-hmm. Well, right? they, well, so they the Amazon, actually what they what, did is they would post the pictures of them at their favorite little coffee shop outside of in Paris where they could see Notre Dame. It's like, yeah, remember it was, oh yeah, I'll I'll always miss 
sitting here at La Petite Biscuit, cafe. Bi- yeah, cafe, and uh, <laughs> sipping on my whatever they eat, sip over there while just staring at Notre Dame. Like, I'll always miss that. Right. Yeah, which is funny. Nothing really happened to the facade. So, like, you can still do, like, literally from those cafes that doesn't look different, except that there's fences. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, so you, when that happened, you could go online and figure out which one of your friends have been to Notre Dame. With the Amazon Synod, you can go online and figure out which one of your friends should consider therapy. <laughs> because people are losing it over this Synod. Oh, man, I didn't know where you were going with that. And that's amazing. Yeah, so, you know, the thing about synods in general, this was true about the youth synod, the family, like, they are big media events, mm-hmm. and, but, like, guys, they they are just, at the end of the day, advisory, um, the, the at the end of it, it just comes back to what does the Pope decide to do, so I don't understand why people make such a big deal out of these things. Like, I, 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 I was wondering, I'm like, am I just lukewarm in the faith am i just apathetic you know am i like do i have you know clinic depression or something like why do i not care about this event and it's because it's not an important event guys so what are they i'm i'm trying to big i'm trying to look into a definition of what a synod is and it something popped up called synodontis it's a fish and it's the largest genus of Mako kid catfishes. So are they? They're going to the Amazon well, I to think discuss. The largest catfish. They're just simply they're, eat all the other catfish. Yeah, if I was the large catfish, I would simply eat the little. Did you know there's a cuckoo cuckoo catfish? Really? A, yeah, it's a smaller catfish, so it would probably be eaten by yeah. the larger catfish. By an alpha but, catfish. But one of these things, this this catfish is actually found in Africa, Zach. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know where the I'm Amazon just... is, Matt? Uh, it's in the cloud, and it's obviously where we get all our packages. <laughs> it they come they come to the house quite frequently. Um, the Amazon right, so that... is in South America. Did you know that before just now? I'm not an idiot. I just play one. Okay, on the when podcast. you mentioned the fish being from Africa, I was like, "Do you think that the Amazon is in Africa, Matt?" Um, so yeah, the Amazon is a region in uh, in South America. Um, I assume it's what the company was named after. Uh, just and... a, sorry to tangent one more time. I just googled Amazon sure. to see, like, if I didn't know where it was, how quickly I could get to it, and it's just all Amazon like the company if you were worried if you wanted to know anything about the amazon you would have to go through prime video and their stock prices and all the think pieces written on amazon to actually find the amazon continue it's probably what so they probably did that they were like we need to have a synod to boost the amazon regions like search engine optimization like against uh against amazon.com we have to get this in the news so that you can actually google it you know another thing uh, amazon is just proof of american exceptionalism because alibaba is way bigger than amazon and do you know anyone who uses alibaba not me no but i don't i don't even know that they 
Do are they just um, a Chinese thing? Yeah, I don't know that you can buy stuff to America from Alibaba. Can you? Okay, that makes sense. Anyway, I mean, so, if so, I would because you know we're all we've all decided to sell out for China. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if we had, if we weren't just pinging and ponging all over the place i would talk about that a little bit let's continue on the amazon stuff so we'll the, do the a patreon that's happening in, in the vatican oh gosh yeah which won't be available except in hong kong and taiwan <laughs> um but we uh we won't so the amazon synod is happening in the vatican though so the, i thought i think initially people thought they were like going going to, right i i thought so yeah which no, it's really hot there, and I, I don't think that Pope Francis wants... I don't. He doesn't of, seem to enjoy going to South America. Yeah. Right, and I'm pretty sure that, like, since he left South America, he doesn't seem very interested in spending a lot of time there, and they're not very nice to him there. I was um, going to say, he's not, like, he's not as popular as you would... in South America as you would imagine. Well, anyway. I mean, and that's one... Pope Benedict, the Germans don't like him. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I think the only person that was ever popular in their, like, own place was jp2 because it oh, was like you yeah. just weren't allowed to dislike him so the, the polls did like jp2 but that's like it mm-hmm. um so this the the thing with the senate guys it is like a bear trap for just unnecessary outrage and you just see these people fainting over every detail like the opening you've been offline somewhat but i'm sure you saw the the dancing scandal um, I saw that there was a person inside of a church dancing with a book. I saw that yes. Pope Francis and so this... a bunch of other clergy were outside watching someone bow down in front of an idol. Is it the book one? Okay, yeah. So let's just let's recap some of these. But I mean, obviously, most of this stuff, you know, is tacky, and I would never want to even be in the same room as that's any of these really the offensive ever. part about it. Right. But so the the dancing. So there's this liturgy or whatever and it's like liturgical dancing. You know, you have a you have a woman in a very traditional um Amazonian um Adidas tracksuit who <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> who's dancing around with the gospel, I guess is some kind of you know, at the gospel proclamation, I assume, part of mm-hmm. the mass. Sure. And like dancing is being generous like this was not good like we, you watch it and you're just like point your toes for the love um, i know well the problem but, too what? is like you can just say anything is anything nowadays these kids but you just call right. it if it's so, dancing people moving around is just dancing right and they're like this is a you know this is like an ancient thing and i was like i don't think that there was nylon that long ago but that's yeah. fine <laughs> um the uh so everybody's freaking out. And then, of course, you have, like, you know, blatant troll Austin Ivory from England, um, not friend of the podcast, who, uh, you know, what an inspiring, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're just looking at, like, well, obviously this isn't inspiring. Like, if it's anything, it's embarrassing. Um, but my, my but rule, course, everybody I, just took the bait. What? I, my rule, and I think you'll agree with me, is inspiring is anything that will lead people to want to join the catholic church and i don't think that that was one of them probably not yeah and i think if you're british like inspiring is just watching people from third world countries embarrass themselves um so that must have been what that was about (laughs) um but so 
anyway, everybody took the bait, and they're just freaking out. And, you know, their concerns are – there are theological things with the Senate, which we'll get to. But then – so I just took the video and posted it and was like, you know, me showing up to class the one time I actually did the reading. And um, I will say my tweet got more engagement than than the original. (laughs) Not that we're counting. But, you know, you just kind of have to laugh at these things. And then another one I thought of but didn't tweet because I didn't want to do two was like – when people say Catholics don't read the Bible, it doesn't mean we don't do anything with the Bible. Oh, that's really good. That is a real. Zach, Maybe it's that's... been long enough that I can do that. Yeah, Should no, I do that's that? really good. Okay, that's a good um, one. So that happens, and then there's the so the the idol thing. So this again, horribly tacky to the human eyes. Uh, ceremony takes place out in the Vatican Garden, which is is like the place where stupid stuff happens. Like there was, they, there's a year that they had like the Pope and like a Jewish guy and like a Muslim and they did, they planted a peace tree. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. I think it was like, I have the Tiber that was like, like, you know, peace, like, you know, ceasefire occurs in, you know, Israel, Palestine after magic tree planted. (laughs) It's kind of like the, the orb, the picture of Trump with the other people touching the orb. It's just kind of like yes. a tree version of that. Yeah, I mean, it's about that serious. And, you know, I mean, you have to realize that there's a lot of Italians involved in this. Italians are sort of tacky by nature, and you're just not going to get, you know, something with decorum in these events. So they're bowing down to these, what everyone was calling an idol. And I, I mean, it looked like it. So anyone that was saying it's ridiculous to think this, you know, okay, I'll validate that it was obviously problematic ceremony but then later on and i you know people watch it was actually uh professor vermule and then one of the other media people watched all of it the whole ceremony start to finish with the audio and when they go and hand this idol which is a pregnant woman they say in portuguese our lady of the amazon give this to the church okay so then that's kind of a a mic drop moment, I guess, because even though this looked, and I mean, it does have obvious tie-ins to pagan symbols and deities. Absolutely. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like some some pagan god. Name starts with a P, and it is pregnant, but it's not the the name isn't pregnant, but it's a pregnant idol. So it's not that there wasn't bad stuff, but um, I guess wait till the audio comes out to start like freaking out. And, you know, the other thing is that, you know, Pope Francis just sat there. He was supposed to deliver remarks. And instead, he just prayed in Our Father and bolted. So, you know, I don't know what you would expect him to do if he was going to express displeasure. But he definitely didn't really, other than being there, he didn't offer any further, um, you know, praise for the event. And when everybody bowed, he actually was sitting and he he straightened his back up. So like you kind of see him literally get taller when everybody bows. So Right. You know, again, very tacky event. It's not something that I would, you know, unpleasant to watch. I'm not defending it, but it, it again, the sky isn't falling with this stuff. And this just shouldn't be a surprise at this point, guys. Like we it's been you know, 50 years of really like unsavory ceremonial behavior so like yeah i don't like to watch most liturgical actions that happen it's almost these days i know did did pope benedict not sit through a tacky thing right like these are just things i mean yeah there were these just get so much it gets so much coverage now 
because of the time we well, live Well, and in. JP2 was more active in the tacky stuff he went to. Pope Francis just stands there, sat there. I mean, JP2 is, mm-hmm. I mean, well, anyway, I'm not here to criticize saints, but um, what I'm mainly saying is it isn't the end of the world, any of this stuff. Now, the the two theological or, you know, actual churchy things that ha- people are concerned about, and these are legitimate concerns, is that uh, this synod will be the, the turning point where the church um, uh, lessons, releases, I don't know really say it. They basically allow married men to become priests um, as opposed to only celibate men. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is some type of quasi-ordination role for women, whether it's like a deaconess or right. um, something like that. And those are the two, like, you know, things that are obviously, you know, reasonable to be concerned about. Um like I think celibacy is crucial and it's a great gift to the church and it would be a terrible loss to disregard it and I think that when you start making exceptions mm-hmm. they do quickly spread global like communion in the hand was an exception for like a certain place and right. then now it's the norm um, as far as what happens so you know I, I'm not going to gaslight people and be like there's no reason to be worried about this event Um but I don't necessarily think that being hysterical about the event is going to change these things. Obviously, we know that women can't be priests, and some kind of made-up blessing deaconess type thing. I would not. I would hope that there wouldn't be something like that. But it wouldn't. I mean, what what do you do? You know. Well, that I mean, they, yeah, that's the that's the real the real thing is. I guess the worry. Uh, I don't it because I don't want to downplay the idea of a deaconess because that it's kind of silly like it just another it's it seems like it would be like another thing that's just an appeasement that doesn't need to be done right but it right more but for me the problem with that I guess not doesn't lie so much in the it would it would be the installment of the deaconesses that would be interesting but to me the problem lies more in just the idea that like we need to at some point just tell the laity that they're they just can't do things that they need to just chill out like you can't you can't we can't continue to like make concessions to the laity to keep giving them stuff to do it's that's that's how you get people constantly talking back to priests or thinking they're the ones that own the church or thinking that you know that committees are the things that are the committees are the real things that will solve things right like it that's what it it, it i don't know it's you you want the laity to feel op- like welcome and feel involved in a certain extent but we can't just i mean you can't I mean, just i guess but huh? <laughs> well i mean just from the sheer point I of I mean, going you give the laity an mass, inch, they take a mile well yeah but i mean just from right. the standpoint of going to mass but you're right like it you you just at some point you just the lady just need to stop stop doing you can't it's just so it yeah no exactly that's the real thing and and you you see it happen in in different it manifests in different ways so obviously you do have all these lay people um i would include married men in it who want you know they want to be able to put on the robe and they want people to be at the pulpit and for everybody to right. look up to them. And it's like, this just isn't your place. And so, you know, it, it just isn't 
this is not your calling. And, you know, the church isn't about you being the center of attention. So you're going to have to sit in the pews with the rest of us. And Well, the choir, you know, I think the exception that's, that's is it. obviously the choir, because the choir is a part of the Mass and has a specific place, right? And Well, sure, but nobody's but, like, they don't have this commanding authority. Where like, they, you know, basically these people want to be, you know, the head... They want to be an authority figure. They want the prestige, you know. And, I mean, that's I, what that's what when gets I meet me. people that are in choirs. I'm always excited because they can speak Latin. But like, it's not quite <laughs> the same. You know, they're in the back. It, I mean, these people want a pulpit. They want to be able to say things and it be, oh well, my, you know, I heard in the sermon. That they want to be able to give sermons. They want to be basically they want to be able to preach at people, right? And you know, it just isn't their place. So, and so yeah, some kind of quasi deaconess role um it's it's not even that it's a concession to women it's a concession to the idea that you know we all need to be preaching or we all need to be we all need to be something you know, in robes up on the altar yeah I mean, it's basically saying that like the laity are just absolute dirt and like only things that are sort of set apart from the laity matter so we have to create these like you know weird things for it and if if you're just a you know a person that, that goes to mass but you don't have a robe to put on then you know you don't matter and that by i mean that's the thing it's it's a, a flawed mindset and, and it's it a won't session to that it's yeah and it won't shut what? people up like you won't you won't be like well women can't be priests but you give we'll give them this like they won't people won't take that and peacefully go away they'll continue to want more Right. I mean, they'll dig up cave yeah. paintings from like the year 200 where there's like a woman with her arms in the air and they'll be like, well, this is definitive proof that most priests were women. And it's like, <laughs> what? There are like, also cave paintings need... of people with dinosaurs. Which we could talk about, which is, imp- I, you know, I have my thoughts on that, even if you don't agree. But um, yeah, so the, I mean, obviously, so it's impossible to have ordained women and it's impossible to for them to become deacons in the in the true sense but you know in, in theory i guess you could invent kind of like a sort of like a advanced altar girl type position and attach you know prestige to it and call that like this is the new deaconess thing and I, you know i think that would be a, a a mistake and i think that you would get again the wrong people interested in it who you know it, it's not the people who you think that you're going to be calming down by making these concessions, you're actually like handing them a microphone. So I, I don't think that any concessions on that front need to be made. Um, but you know, if it happens, I, you know, I, I have to wake up and say, well, I still have to be Catholic. So it's not, this is why I don't think you should freak out. Like, even if it happens, even if they expand, you know, having more married men in the priesthood, you're still going to have to be Catholic. You're still going to have to be, obedient to Pope Francis. So why get so worked up about it? Um, yeah, I mean, it just, it, it is a, it is a product of, again, we're still coming off what happened last year. So all it, people are in a place to get worked up. So I don't want to downplay. Right. Well, and of course, I don't want to downplay their emotion as far as actual legitimate feelings still bubbling up from what was going on last year but we don't we since we have no 
yeah, since we have no authority and we have no say in the synod, we pure speculation can drive us insane. So if we just take a second and if we let it happen, like other synods have happened, and then you can see what comes out the back end. But like just ginning up thoughts and emotions, even just within yourself, I mean, you just just chill out for a second. We You, you can get all worked up after the fact, just save some of it. Right. Well, I think people come out like, oh, you it's just you're using normalcy norm what is it normalcy bias or whatever or you know you don't actually care and i think they think that you know you have a a moral duty to to care about this kind of stuff and like ladies and gentlemen you have no um moral obligation to care about the amazon synod and so if it, if it does upset you or if it makes you mad just turn it off i mean it, there's not it's not like where you know it's not like we're in a swing state and two more votes are going to win it for our team. Like it, it isn't, <laughs> and it's not like if everybody cared this much, it would be like, it doesn't, it just isn't like that. And, you know, but what you have had, of course, is this weird, again, the lay people, um, have set up their own like conference in Rome to talk about the synod before the synod even happened. And, you know, at first I was like, whatever, these people do these things often. Um, as far as conferences and yada yada, no big deal. But the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, so a, a group of of people have assembled themselves to, you know, have their own kind of quasi conference or you know, synod, if you will, uh, to attack the one that the Pope's at. Like that doesn't really strike me as kosher. So, well, I mean, not you know, sure. Um, so we're not, we're not saying it's be, set of Vicantes, but we're not 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 saying that. Not. I mean, right? Like, if you've assembled a bunch of people to attack the assembly that the Pope's at, you know, you at least may want to think where that leads. Mm-hmm. Again, like I, we did our episode on schism. I'm not. It's not my job to go and accuse people of disloyalty, but I mean, it just seems a little odd, you know, historically speaking. You know, if you were told that, like, well. You know, while the Pope and the bishops were having their meeting, um, several of the, you know, Pope's kind of main opponents assembled their own meeting across town, criticizing that meeting. I mean, it, you know, if you heard that, that happening called, in the 14th Zach? century. Is that called Protestantism? Well, that, yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing. Like, we, I think the the main victory in the terminology that we got was was the word Protestant to say that this was a protest against authority. This wasn't a theological difference. And so again, like clearly according to the church and all the lawful authorities, these people are within the church. I'm not accusing them of schism, but it, it does seem to be a bit, uh, a behavior that you may want to cut out. Um, it's also interesting how many of them, they're, uh, their speech at this event is just the the thesis of a book they're selling, but um, you and I have our own thoughts about how most people are just selling a book about this or that. Um, of course. And some of them are worth reading, but it, that conference, I mean, again, yeah, what, I'm not I, here I, to pass judgment. I, yeah, but I mean, what it, like if you just think of what, so if, if they don't like what's going on, they're going to have their own thing, and then what? they like, at the end of the night, they're like, all right, yep, meeting adjourns. We don't, what are we going to do with this? Nothing, but we did it. 
Like, right. At least you could turn it into like well, a potluck or like, something where it's worth it. Like people can bring food and share dishes. Like it's that that actually has some value to the community. Right. But it's, you know, again, it it just seems to not it doesn't seem to jive with the order um of authority that the church you know, that is part of the deposit of faith, which is basically the people under the priests, under the bishops, under the Pope. So I'm not saying that the lady can't get together and talk. And the Holy Father often invites talk and debate and, you know, all of that. Um, it, it just seemed odd to assemble a sort of counter synod, if you will. Um, right. But, you know, maybe somebody that's listening that knows more about it can tell me where I'm wrong. Um, I... That event just to have, so I called it um, the, I called them the Extraordinary Ministers of Fraternal Correction on Twitter. <laughs> Good one. Right. And I had the usual suspects about how I'm, uh, you know, at least they're doing something and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well. You're a lib now. Again, like the, I, it's funny that people will call me a lib because like when I go on you know the bureau of alcohol tobacco and friends which is kind of a conservative libertarian thing like they look at me as the like socialist that joins so um i guess i'm just a contrarian gross except with except with you matt i always agree with everything you say we've always and then immediately contradicted i was <laughs> right but america's favorite catholic agreement podcast yes yeah um i it's so I know we had another topic and then we've expanded to this. So, yeah, no, um, we literally we had, had to, we we can't get into that because that's a whole episode topic. So I guess we'll do that next week. Um, we won't even say what it is because I don't want people to be like, oh, you should have done that. Right. Yeah. We don't want to disappoint people further. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. But uh, so, I mean, I would say continue to pray for the Pope. Um, recognize, like we've said that. Whatever happens, you're going to have to end up on his side. And so dwelling on the differences that you have with him are just going to make you unhappy. That's all that it's going to serve to do because the answers are already there. The correct answer is laid out in front of you. Go ahead. I was going to say a quick point on the continue to pray for the Pope. Praying for the Pope does not mean that you pray for the Pope to see it your way, right? Like that's the important – like you just have to kind of just pray. Just – if you if you can't stomach the idea of praying for the pope you know with a in in detail just just if you're doing your morning intentions if you do that and you're like for the health of my family for the safety of my family for my job today for my boss for the pope like really that's all like i would suggest that right and you don't have to make it some yeah. some grand thing of like that pope francis be the the beacon of light that light that guides the world. Like just say, just make an intention for the Pope. And right. At least and I mean, you do see people you can, on, on both sides that do that. They're like, they're like, I ask that the Pope renounce his heresies. And then you see the people that are like, I hope that, um, the Pope continues his perfect, you know, ministry of the gospel. Like maybe just set aside your own judgments and pray for him. Mm hmm. Like yeah. good or bad. Well, yeah, it just makes it easier to stomach if you're if you're really honestly, sincerely having troubles with Pope Francis in your own life. It, of course, if you try to make some grandiose gesture in prayer, it's gonna 
you're going to kind of hate yourself, right? So start off slow. Well, and yeah. It's, think of it, okay, I don't, he's not the enemy, but think of it how you would pray for an enemy, right? An enemy of your own mind. Like if you had to pray for someone you did not like, you would, you would just pray for that person pretty, pretty uh, generically. And at first you might hate yourself for doing it, or you might be angry at yourself, but a few weeks go by and you're still including this person. And then we're not saying that you'll have a full on scale change of heart, but the point, I think the main thing that needs to happen is people need to stop letting Pope Francis make them mentally ill. And I don't, I, I say that not as like a, you know, like a mentally like, ill he thing. He says that with like compassion. Ill meant like sick mentally. Like they, like it, they want to Dwelling vomit. And you can't, yeah, they want you can't to vomit. anything except, yeah, well, some mm. I could use, I could vomit if it'd be nice. Um, but the, uh, like, right. I mean, and that's the thing is that, you know, it's, it's like if you had a tumor that you can't remove without killing yourself, why would you, spend all your time thinking about how much you hate the tumor. Like, just, you're going to have to make peace with the tumor. Like, and I know that's not easy, but, mm-hmm. like, does, does like, flicking it really, you know, I mean, like, I don't, if you can't do anything about it, like, no matter what, you have to stay in the church under Pope Francis. So dwelling on what you don't like about him doesn't serve a purpose. It's not like bringing people, you're not, like, helping people want to, become Catholic by this. Like, I think you can definitely evangelize in a time of crisis by being honest about things going on in the church and the hierarchy. But, like, you are not bringing people to the faith if you're just like, I wish I could go back to, you know, living a normal life and not having to care about this all the time. It's so, There's nobody that's like, I want to join that. Yeah, it's so, it's so selfish and, like, delusional, kind of. Like, life... Right. Life and is I, I do think it comes... Struggle, at, bro. Yeah, like at its earliest instance, I do think it comes out of just, you know, it starts from a place of charity, of, of loving the church and being concerned of about course, souls, but yeah. it, it morphs into something off balance, disordered. So like, and and that's the main thing that I'm seeing from the synod. I'm most concerned about how hysterical people are being, more than what's going on with the synod, because to me that is more damaging to individuals. I You know, I don't think that, I'm I'm not worried about people I know grasping on to false ideas because of the synod says this or that. I'm more worried about the synod sending them over the edge and they, you know, quit altogether or they, you know, become paranoid, delusional. I got, I'm worried about that. And like, again, observe the, the hysterical, insane Trump resistance and, and ask yourself, like, am I being Rachel Maddow to, to Pope Francis? Like, is Rachel Maddow to Donald Trump what I'm being to Pope Francis? Like, am I, an insane, original person. Zach, don't do what? it to him. Please have don't ha- do it. Have no, mercy, I do it to him. Have mercy on him. Um, yeah. Right. Well, that, I mean, again, I'm, every time I say this, it's like it makes people more mad, especially on Twitter, to like calm down. But I really think that it'd be a good thing if you could just be cool and normal about the synod, as we always say. Yep. I the be cool, be normal. Every month at the FSSP parish here, they give a card. They mm-hmm. have a card that you can get that has a 
priest you can pray for that day? Do you have this at your parish? Have you seen this? Yes. Yeah. The we I get those in the mail. Like are they like the little? And they've got like a like little bookmark sized cards. Yeah, and it it's yeah it's yes. one, one day. Uh, there's a very cool. I like the prayer. I'm going to read the prayer and then we can do the saint of the week. But it's a good prayer okay. for the Pope, which is kind of nice if you want to say it, if it would help. But. It is, Almighty and everlasting God, have mercy upon thy servant Francis, our supreme pontiff, and direct him according to thy loving kindness in the ways of eternal salvation, that of thy gift he may ever desire that which is pleasing unto thee, and may accomplish it with all his might, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Like, it's a very, it's a very nice, it, it's what you should, it's a nice prayer for the Pope, which is a prayer that you can make for the intention for anybody, that they are directed according to God's will and that they do everything for the glory of God. Really, it's just a nice, simple thing. And if you're struggling with that, that. you can say that or work your way up to that. But really, it just, it really is sad. You you just don't want, you just don't want people to become physically and mentally ill because of the Pope. Well, right, and you'll burn out. Like you'll you will want to go back to having a normal life where you can just care about sports and the weather and your friends and family. And so, don't make the faith a barrier to that because you will eventually just burn out and jettison the whole thing. That's right. So stay cool and normal. Stay cool. Stay normal. Become a saint. Uh, give us money on Patreon, especially. Um, and. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Like people that they're acting like the Senate is like this tragic event, and I'm like, eh, I kind of think it may be a comedy if it's going to be. If we're going to say this is a movie, um, you know, have some fun. In a, I think you can politely poke fun at at some of this stuff um, as a way to stay, you know, chill. To stay chill, and plus, you know, if you go to the Latin Mass, there's not going to be deaconesses, and there's not going to be married priests. So, you know, we we have we don't have to actually engage with this stuff if it happens that's that's out of sight out of mind zach right i mean i'm not i've met a lot of very holy and devout permanent deacons but like the 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 concept of it was kind of created in the 60s and it's it's something i have questions about but they like don't have permanent deacons in the parishes that i go to so it's like i don't have to really be confronted with that reality Mm -hmm. and it's there and i know several very holy ones so again i'm not of course criticizing any but it is it's an interesting topic, and I know that it, it does kind of make some people uncomfortable. And the nice thing is that, it, you know, in our ritual, that's not a thing. So, um, you know, there's – you'll be cool. Everyone will be fine. Everyone will be fine. Speaking of fine, Saint of the Week. Saint of the Week. Saint Francis Borgia, 4th Duke of Gandia. He was All right. the – was uh, the great grandson of Pope Alexander the Sixth? That's what I was wondering. I was like, Pope Alexander the Sixth Borgia is like. There are multiple, like, explicit like can't watch them uh, premium television series about him because he was like seen as like the the height of kind of the corrupt Renaissance popes. So he sure was. That's Zach. fascinating. Yeah. So he, and he he had a descendant who was a saint or a relative. Anyway, go on. Yeah. At a. So, 
just as a side note about Pope Alexander the Sixth, Sixtus the Fifth and Urban the Eighth described him as one of the most outstanding popes since Saint Peter, and he was known to have a lot of mistresses, and basically his whole deal was that he did what was best for the family. Like he really, he really did have the mob mentality. Of, of right, he run he, he he treated his family the way that we kind of do with our podcast. How's that? Like survival, survival at all costs. Exactly. Yeah, his foreign policy was to gain the most advantageous terms for his family. Uh, you know, but one of the well, I mean, you, there's <laughs> something wholesome about that. Sure, and one of the good things to one of the. Good things Pope Alexander the Sixth, I guess, did was have a great grandson that was Pope and a saint, or just a saint, if you want to, if you want to say it in that way. But he, he was as a child, uh, Francis Borgia was very pious and wished to become a monk, but instead, his family sent him to the court of Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor, where he was welcomed as a kinsman. Uh, he married a Portuguese noblewoman, and they had eight children. And well, his wife died in 1546, and Francis decided to enter the newly formed Society of Jesus after making adequate provisions for his children. He put his affairs in order, renounced his titles of favor uh, in favor of his eldest son, and became a Jesuit priest. And he helped establish what is now the Gregorian University in Rome, uh, when he returned, he went on a journey to... Wait, 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 wait. St. Francis Borgia is a, was named Francis and he became a Jesuit? Yes. That's fast. I didn't know that. That's kind of... I mean, because we have a pope named Francis who's a Jesuit. So, like, that's interesting, right? Anyway, go on. Yeah. No, that is very interesting. He, uh... Basically, he... The Pope at the time wanted to make him a cardinal, but he felt drawn to seclusion and prayer, but he had talents for administrative work, for paperwork, that made him natural for other other tasks. It doesn't say paperwork, I added that. Uh, so basically with the pressure of his friends, they persuaded him to accept the leadership role uh, that nature and circumstances had destined him for. In 1554, he became the Jesuit Commissionary General in Spain and helped found a dozen colleges. After only two years, he was given responsibility for missions in the East and West Indies, and in 1565, he was elected the third Father General or General Superior of the Society of Jesus after the death of Diego Lainez. He, let's see how he died. He died in 1572. Um, it doesn't actually say how he died, uh, but he was 61. He was beatified November 23rd, 1624 in Madrid by Pope Urban VIII. He was canonized June 20th in 1670 by Pope Clement X. Uh, his feast day is October 10th. He is patron against earthquakes for Portugal and for Gandia. And Whenever he's sometimes when he is depicted, he's depicted with a skull crowned with an emperor's diadem. So that is Saint Francis Borgia. Anything else for the people before we get out of here, Zach? Um, yes, I want to just send a shout out to my good 
um, a good friend of mine who's like taught me so much about the faith. Um, when I was still a relatively new Catholic, he kind of introduced me to um, the Latin Mass and you know sent me books to read. And uh, you know I have a lot of uh, a lot to be grateful for this priest. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to remember if I told him if if I have permission to say his name or not. Okay. So hold on just a second. I'm like looking back through and I said I'd give him a shout out as he want. You're just <laughs> Isn't that awful? He yeah. he went on the Camino. Okay, so recently he went on the Camino and he was listening to our podcast while he was traveling. Wow. Him and Amazing. his Right. Um so him and his fellow friend, travelers. Um let's see. Yes. So the Camino is really cool. We should probably do like an episode about it. Right. Um, he also was praying for us and our listeners while he was on it. Um, Amazing. Okay, yeah, not by name. So um, I can't incriminate this good friend. But there are two priests um, from Rome. I think both Americans. Um, and, yeah, they were on the Camino. They were praying for us and our listeners. So if you're listening to this... Um, you were prayed for. I bet you were double prayed for if you go on Patreon and give us five bucks. Ooh, wow. Um, I don't know if that's legal or not. I don't know. But, hey, I, you should test it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, anyway, so I'm thankful for this priest and for his prayers. And be assured of my prayers, Father, um, and hope to chat soon. That's it. All right. Well, we'll talk to you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>